anybody can talk, but not everybody can communicate with impact. Welcome to Improv is No Joke podcast, where it's all about becoming a more effective communicator by embracing the principles of improvisation. I'm your host, Peter Margaritas, the self-proclaimed chief edutainment officer of my business, The Accidental Accountant. My goal is to provide you with thought-provoking interviews with business leaders so you can become an effective improviser, which will lead to building stronger relationships with clients, customers, colleagues, and even your family. So let's start the show. Welcome to episode number 58, and today my guest is Patrick Donatio, MBA, CSP, and MCC. For the past three decades, Patrick has spoken nationally and internationally and trained thousands of leaders and their teams in a variety of industries from Fortune 100 companies to associations. In his desire to help C-suite executives and all leaders grow their people, Patrick has taken his decades of experience and crafted a results-based process for his new book, Communicating with Impact, focused on improving communication, increasing profits, and boosting performance in less time. Patrick serves on the board of the National Speakers Association and is one of only four people in the world to have earned both the Certified Speaking Professional designation from the National Speakers Association and the Master Certified Coach designation from the International Coach Federation, the highest earned designations in both associations. As an educator, he has taught communications at the University of Notre Dame, the Weatherhead School of Management, the Ohio State University, and the John Glenn College of Public Affairs. Patrick, welcome. I appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule to be a guest on my podcast today. Hello there, Peter. How are you, my friend? I'm doing wonderful. And how about yourself? We're doing great. It's always good to talk with you. Always good to always good to good to talk with you. And and before we begin this interview, I do want to share a story about you that really resonated with me for still to this day. And I don't know if you remember this, but way back when, when the NSA Ohio chapter, we had our meetings down at downtown Columbus at the Crown Plaza. I, my first time I walked in there and there was a bunch of, I mean, I was a little bit intimidated. There was probably 75, 80 people in the room. And at one of the breaks, you came up to me and introduced yourself and said, so I see you new and kind of tell me a little bit about yourself. And and I did. You were very kind. And, and then after the meeting was over, you, you stopped me and you said, um, do you have a one page? And I had this, what? What's a one page? page or thingy and you said sit down i sat down and you scoped this one page out for me on a on a piece of paper and gave it to me and said next meeting i want you to come to me and want you show me your one pager and i did and i've never forgotten that because that's who that when I, if i could summarize my my interaction with you over the years is you're kind you're helping just as we're going to talk about today you want to have an impact in other people's lives and you had a huge impact on mine and, and i i greatly appreciate it yeah well thank you you know i don't remember that obviously i love helping and you know i think what we do is, is so critical and and people who are listening you know you don't realize the kind of difference you can make and and you really make a great difference when all you do is just be kind and help others 
and you did that. And uh, I, I, I tell everybody that story when they ask me about, you know, tell me about NSA. Well, why, what is it? And I revert back to that story. My first experience what has been a lasting experience. So I, once again, thank you, my friend. Well, you're welcome. So what's going on in your life, Patrick? Anything new? Uh, anything you've been working on? Anything you'd like to share? <laughs> yeah, you know, it's funny you should ask because uh, I've been working on this book for about eight years now. You know, every time I go to the National Speakers Association in Ohio chapter, they're going, so, hey, how's that book? It's kind of like in the sense that you're really not writing a book, are you? You're, you're just making that up. So uh, finally, believe it or not, um, I've gotten the book out. And it's called Communicating with Impact. And it's not so much about the book, Peter. It's just about the idea of giving something to someone that they can take with them to continue the learning. Because you and I know when people come to our workshops and seminars, they get some great ideas. But a lot of times, either A, they want to go deeper, or B, they go back to work and they forget to apply the skills that they learn. So having these resources are a great value to my clients. And that's the biggest reason I wrote the book. Not to be a bestseller, but to keep adding value. And that's that's a critical point because I feel the same way. In my speaking engagements, we're an event. We're there. We're doing what we do. We're sharing our knowledge. But after that, if there's not some tangible pieces out there that they can go to, whether it's your book, my book, articles, listening to podcasts, then they'll revert back. They'll go back into that rut and they won't change that behavior that they ultimately want to change. And keeping things like this in front of individuals, I think, is very important. Well, I found that for me, I was teaching this topic for years, and then I finally realized that people kept asking me, you know, do you have a book? And I'm like, no. And so I realized I, I'm going to listen to my customer, right? If you're listening today, the best thing you can do to really make an impact in your business is listen to your customer. And when my customers kept asking me that question, I figured I better take a hint. So when you took the hint, I, I'm just curious. Did you did you have the title in mind, or or or, or you, you had the topic in mind? But how did that that first piece flush itself out? Yeah, well, I've been teaching in communication skills for twenty some years, and I changed the title of communicating with impact. And I thought I want to come up with a process. And so initially, I just had a five step process, and it worked. But then I realized. That's hard to remember. So then I took my five-step process, I took the word impact, and I created that acronym to come up with a six-step process. Because I think if something's simple, people will remember it. And I also think if people have a process, they get a much greater result. So that's kind of how the book got started. And when you say the word process, that's the second thing that comes into my mind as it relates to you. You're very process-oriented. I remember the time that uh, I was a coaching client of yours, and you were helping me put processes and procedures into place because I, I had no process, nor, nor I had a procedure. Um, and, and that's another thing I always remember. You, you're very good about processes, getting things. And, and as I've looked through some of the materials that, that you have sent in advance, I, I just looked at it, and I immediately said, that's Patrick. I mean, this... This is you. This is your brand. Well, thank you. Part of that's because I believe in processes. And I, just a quick little story. I was in Japan in uh, 1991 as a Goodwill ambassador. And after about two or three weeks staying with Japanese families and eating sushi, which, by the way, sushi is great, but I'm not a big raw fish guy. I grew up, you know, uh, in the 60s when we had fish sticks. That was my kind of fish. <laughs> uh, so about the, about the third week, I was with these Japanese families, and I had this one host family, and I said to the young children, hey, listen, do you guys have McDonald's? Because I would really like a hamburger because <laughs> I'm just, I'm just kind of homesick. So we went to McDonald's. I got the Big Amaku, which was about six bucks. I don't care. I would have paid 20. I was so happy to have some, something, some comfort food. 
I had the fries and the green tea shake. And as I was eating those French fries, Peter, I said, wow, these fries taste exactly the same as they do right here in Ohio. How can you be around the world and still get the same thing? And then I realized McDonald's has a process to make sure that you get this consistent result. And then that's when I got the idea. You know, if I'm going to come back to the States, I want to start creating processes because I'm not getting consistent results. Wow, that's a great story. And what a cool way to to see that see that vision, uh, being in a foreign country and craving a Big Mac or or however you pronounce that. Yeah, the Big Mac. <laughs> the Big Mac. Yeah. <laughs> but the processes, I think you talk about. You know, the other reason I created processes, I'll be quite frank with you, Peter, is I'm not a very good structured person. And when I started my business, I wasn't making a lot of money because I didn't have a system. And I would have little post-it notes and pieces of paper and things on index cards and realize I forgot to follow up with this client. And I said, boy, I've got to do something to get more organized. So uh, it's really valuable for me to keep me focused and get more work done. I'm glad you don't have your camera on and can see into my office because there's post-it notes and index cards and stuff laying around. I, I, I digress. Let's keep moving forward. <laughs> I was going to say, so anyways, I thought about this workshop. I thought I was teaching these five steps and I thought if I can make it easier. So that's how I came up with the word impact. And that's how I created the six keys uh, to communicating with impact. And these six pieces are what I think anytime you have a conversation with a prospect or you're in front of a group making a presentation, or if you're out with a client, you know, everything we do, I mean, it's amazing how much of what we do is communications. So I created this quick, simple impact process. And if you'd like, I can quickly give you the six keys. It's easy to remember. You just remember the word impact and you know the six keys. I'd love to hear the six keys. Yeah. And we can go deep on whatever you want, but here they are. It's very easy. The I in the impact model is the intention, right? What's my intention for this conversation? We have an intention today. The M is the message. So how do I craft a message that's going to help me achieve the intention I have for this communication? The M is also the method, too, because, you know, people respond differently to different forms of communication. The P in the impact is the person. So who am I communicating with and how do I adjust my communication to that particular person? So that's the first part. I call this the planning phase of the process, right? Or you can think IMP, I am planning, but the IMP part is the first phase. Then the ACT, the impact, is the, is the actually how do you take the process that you came up with and then you put it into, into action. So the A is activate. How do I activate this message to engage me and my receiver? The C is clarify. How do you make sure that what we both sent is being communicated correctly? Because a lot of times there's a lot of miscommunication that happens. And then the T, which, you know, uh, prior to coming up with this new model, I had the five steps and I stopped with the C. And then I realized, you know what? There's something more important that we don't think about is how do you transform this particular interaction into the results that we actually set for ourselves. So the T is transform. So that's it, impact, intention, message, person, activate, clarify, transform, put it all together, take about two minutes before you open your mouth, and you too can be communicating with impact. Okay, so I, I think for the benefit of my audience, I think going maybe not real deep, but putting some depth into each one of these a little bit more, because I think those who are listening, as well as myself, are are intrigued by this process that you have developed. Yeah, so we could even start at the beginning, if you like. You know, you can take me through wherever you want to go. Let's start with the I and go all the way through. Well, the I is the intention. So I have this simple little phrase. It's basically intent before content. Hmm. I like that. I like that. 
right? So you and I have an intention today. We want to share some great ideas so that your listeners walk away with some tools that they can use to be better communicators. That's my intention for our call today. So no matter what I do today, I want to make sure I'm giving value to our listeners because that's my intention. Okay. Now, here's the thing, Peter. This step is so simple. It takes basically 30 seconds. But I can guarantee you most people don't take 30 seconds and ask themselves before they pick up the phone, before they go to lunch, before they make a presentation, you know, why am I having this conversation? So the first step is the why. I mean, be honest. I mean, do you take the 30 seconds a lot of times before you pick up a phone or send an email and ask yourself, why am I sending this? I I will be honest with you. Some years ago, no, I I, I didn't. But I become more, uh, I, I practice that a lot more. Why am I making this phone call? Why am I asking this individual to be part of my podcast? I have a lot of whys out there. So I've become better at that. And I used to tell people in the workshop, you know what? If you left right now, you'd be a better communicator. Just spend 30 seconds and ask yourself, why this conversation? Why this communication? So it's a very simple step. It doesn't take a lot of time and it's very easy. So I, I want our listeners today, as they go as we go through these six keys, think about what's one of these things that you may not be doing that well. You know, maybe the first one is really not, I'm not spending that 30 seconds and asking myself why before I go out there to communicate. But I hope as you're listening today, you know, if you're not driving, you take out a pen and a piece of paper <laughs> and see if you can pick up a couple tips you could put in the practice tomorrow to uh, be a better communicator, to grow your business, to build deeper relationships. Okay, next is the M. Yeah, next is the M. But let me just tell you that before we go on to the M, um, there's a little formula that I've created in the intention process it's called the laser-focused intention. And it, basically, if you just answer these, these questions, you can actually create a really good intention. So I'm going to give it to you for a minute and see if you might want to think about how you can apply it to uh, communication you got coming up. I'm going to talk to this audience or person about whatever the topic is so that they will think, do, or feel something. So just like a little fill in the blank. So do you have anything coming up where you could maybe use it as an example where you're going to be talking or communicating with someone about a topic and maybe let's talk about what you want to have happen as a result of that interaction? Uh, I've got a number of speaking engagements coming up. I, I'm going to be talking about uh, ethics with a, uh, a CPA firm coming up. Okay. And so good. So I'm going to be talking about ethics with a CPA firm so that they will, what do you want them to think, do, or feel? I want them to think about, we, we get put in situations of gray, the, the, the gray part of ethics. And, and I want them to be able to think, feel, remember some of the stories that I'm going to talk about, real life situations like Wells Fargo, like Scott London, a uh, former KPMG partner. So if they're ever in that similar situation, they'll they'll pause before they act. Yeah. Look at that. So basically in 40 seconds, you've already crafted almost your whole presentation. That's how powerful this first step is. So if you're listening right now and you've got a potential meeting with a prospect or you happen to be going out to see a client today, you know, just spend 30 seconds and say, why am I having this meeting today? And what do I want my client to think, do, or feel after we've met? And that's how easy that first step is. I, it's, that was simple. That was, that, that was way too simple, Patrick. Yeah, you got to keep it simple <laughs> for me, Peter. You know how I am. Well, me too. So Yeah. So number one is intent before content. Uh, the intention step. The second piece is your intent drives your content, right? So now you know what your intention is. Now spend a few minutes and think about what are the pieces of the message that I want to put together. Uh, and basically, you kind of did that by answering that first laser-focused intention formula. So, so I call this message management, right? And we communicate, as you know, 
uh, really, there are three different ways we can articulate our message. You can do it verbally, you could do it non-verbally, or you could do it in writing, right? So you got to figure out which of those particular types of methods that I want to use to communicate my message. Okay. Now, it's very critical, I think, to think about what's the right approach. So I always ask people, like, for example, Peter, what's your preference for communication? Do you prefer a phone call, an email, a text? Uh, I prefer a phone call. I, pre- I prefer face-to-face. I prefer a voice. Yes. Uh, and that's great. But what I remind people of when you're crafting your message, is not just about what you like, it's about what they like. So if you understand the concept called projection, you know, in coaching, and I do a lot of coaching, the projection means where you project onto other people what you like. So if I said to you, you know, Peter, I think you should be a little better at being funnier. That's because I think funny is really important. And I know you're funny, but the point is I'm projecting onto you what I think is important. Well, when you're crafting a message, you got to be careful you don't project onto your receiver that, oh, well, they'll like emails or they'll like phone calls because I like phone calls. Ah, got it. So when you're crafting your message, you think about the method and it might be, you know, I love phone calls, but guess what? This person's a CEO. They're not going to pick up the phone. So I may have to communicate by email or text. So in the M part, you want to think about the message, but you also want to think about the method. I've never really thought about it like that, especially from the projection point. So, Yeah. So we tend to do what we like. Right. Now, I, I know a lot of us know the basic pieces of any good communication. If, if, if anybody's been to college or high school, had a speech class, right? We know the three parts, opening, body, closing. So when you're crafting the message, you know, what am I going to say in the first few moments to get the audience's attention? Even on a phone call. You know, when you pick up the phone, well, what do you say in the first few moments when you're calling somebody to make sure you got their attention? And then what do you say in the middle to make sure you cover the content? And then a lot of people forget about the closing. You know, they just wrap it up with thank you or, hey, talk to you soon. And I think the closing, and we'll come back to that a little bit in the transformation step, is a really important part of how do you transform this interaction into the results we really want. So again, don't forget the basics. It's like, you know, open body closing every communication, whether it be a phone call or a luncheon or a presentation should have those three pieces. Exactly. And as your communicating this to the audience and myself, I'm sitting here reflecting on past, present, and potentially future of those three. And I would say of, of mine, it's, it's probably the, the weaker of the three is probably the closing. And I think a lot of folks, first of all, I don't think a lot of people spend enough time thinking about these things because how many times have you heard this, Peter? Oh, well, you know, I'd love to have you come out and help us, but really got to focus on the hard skills. <laughs> I'm oh. like... What could be harder than communicating? Now, you know, you're a CPA, right? I mean, no offense, but two plus two is four. That's pretty simple. We know the answer. When you go talk to somebody, you can't always guarantee that that person is going to be the same as the person you just spoke to yesterday. It's a very hard skill to be a good communicator. That's that's my response usually. They, they, they said we need the hard skills. I said, oh, yeah. so we call it communicating the soft skills. But the way I look at it, it's really hard to master. Yes. We call them soft, but they're really hard to master. And when, exactly. I, when I put it in that context, people go, oh, yeah, I guess he's right. So I try to remind people that anybody can talk, but not everybody can communicate with impact. And that's the idea of having this process. So and, and if we had a little more time, I would go into some different tools we could use to craft the message because there's some simple things you can do that are very quick. You know, when people want to do a presentation, you know, usually they think linear. So linear thinking, 
is when you take out a piece of paper and you go, okay, what's the first thing I want to say? What's the second thing I want to say? What's the third thing I want to say? And if you ever had to write something, Peter, you're like me. You sit there, you look at the blank screen or the blank piece of paper, and you just feel like, I don't know what to say. It's like I'm stuck because you're in linear thinking mode. Okay. I think I, I think I know where you're going with this, but please go. So and if if you really want to jumpstart your thought process, I ask you to think nonlinear. Or as my book coach said, puke and polish. <laughs> right? He says, which I love that phrase, right? Uh, hopefully you're not, you know, you're not having lunch right now. But the idea is just puke it out. You can polish it later. But so many people want to polish it before they get it out there. Oh my gosh! Uh, yes, they do. That, that's that, that's true. And, and and actually, that was something that you also taught me uh, about writing. And I I have used this as this this puke and polish. This Pete, go put get uh, dragon dictation. Just get it out of your body. Right. And then once it's out of your body onto paper or on the screen, now go in and, and, and polish that thing. Yes. So I again again because I'm an extrovert. You know, extroverts like to speak before they think. So I found for me, I pick up my phone and I just dictate a story or I dictate something and then I come back and look at it. Then I can actually fine tune it because it's faster for me to dictate a story than to sit there and try to type out the story. Now, everybody's a little bit different, uh, but I think in general, if you want to craft your message, I encourage you to think nonlinear. And uh, if you want a quick tool, uh, one of the tools I love to teach is called the mind map. Love and, the, Love uh, the mind map. Yeah, and the mind map is a very simple tool where you draw a circle and you put spokes. It looks like a wheel. And all you do is you say to yourself, I'm going to give myself 90 seconds, and all I'm going to do is write down the first thing that comes to my mind when I think about my subject. So let's say, for example, our listener today, they've got a meeting with a prospect tomorrow, a potential client. Uh, they're going to do a mind map. You know, what do I want to do at lunch tomorrow with this client? And I'm going to draw a circle, and I'm going to start putting down thoughts. My first thought might be, I'm going to ask questions. I just need to ask good questions. Second thing is, you know, I'm going to find a way to make it fun. Because I think if we build deep relationships and have fun, people will more likely want to work with us, right? I'm going to make sure that I have good manners because we're having lunch. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to listen to my mom and make sure that I, you know, I don't hunch over my plate. You know, but you just take 90 seconds and you do a little mind map, come up with some things you want to think about before you go and have this luncheon. And all of a sudden, you'd be surprised at all the kind of thoughts you could come up with. So I don't know if we can, you know, put a link on the site for the mind map or you can just Google mind map, but it's a great tool that I think gets you out of linear thinking and quickly helps you come up with some content. I, I was taught the, the same thing, but just in a slightly different perspective of, uh, there was, because I was doing a mind map, I was trying to fill out all the circles and dots and everything. And, and someone taught me this concept, I think that's what you're talking about, clustering, is putting something in the middle of the page dump in your mind, getting it all out, then go through and organize those things that are alike and trying to figure out what maybe those topics are. Then it fits cleanly into a mind map and you can continue to explore even more. Yeah. Well, you're right. And once you've done the creativity part, you know, which is just the puke part, <laughs> then you polish. You know, Then you say, I like this idea and I, I, this, I should cover this first and I should talk about this a little bit more. So it's a process again, again another process. But the idea is so many people, when they want to craft content, they get stuck because they're so worried about being perfect or saying the right thing. They can waste five minutes just looking at an empty screen when if you did a mind map, in two minutes, you'd have four, five, six ideas already. Exactly. Don't work harder, work smarter when you're crafting your content. So intention, right? Why am I having this communication? 
message, what do I want to say or how do I want to say it or what method do I want to use to help me accomplish this intention? And then we jump into the P part or the person. And you know what? There's no one size fits all when it comes to people. You and I are totally different. People listening today are different. So a lot of times people, again, they do projection and they think, oh, well, this is a fun extroverted person. So we'll just tell lots of stories. And you happen to be talking to uh, analytical who's like, oh my gosh, not another story. <laughs> you know. Uh, so it's important when you start to, again, in the planning phase, IMP, the, the P is take a look at the people. And uh, I, I don't know if you're familiar with the different personality profiles, there's the Myers-Briggs and the DISC and all these different approaches. You've done any of those, Peter? Uh, yes, I've done Myers-Briggs. I was S-L-O-W. I uh, did... Uh, <laughs> L-O-W. <laughs> I, I, I've, uh, actually, uh, you put me through the DISC model uh, some, year, some years ago. Uh, and I've done the Herman Brain Dominance uh, model. And it, told, it said that I had a full brain, a whole brain, which freaked out my friends. Yeah. But, you know, it doesn't matter what you use. It just goes back to fundamentals that it goes back to Hippocrates, really. 400 BC, Hippocrates came up with four different styles. So when you start to think about communicating with impact, it's always important to remember to blend your style with the person you're communicating with. So if I'm talking to a very analytical person, you know, I know that they're going to want a little more detail, a little more data, a little more structure. If I'm talking to a relational person, they're going to want a little more fun, a little more story, a little more engagement. So don't just go out there and you know assume that it's really easy. I'll just say this or say that. Take the 30 seconds and think, who am I talking with and what's a good way to engage them? Exactly. So know your audience. Know your audience, right. And I think when we do presentations, we do a lot of that audience analysis. But I'm not always sure when we're having a conversation, we spend that extra couple minutes thinking about that person who I'm going to talk to. Uh, I love, if you have a business card right now, I'd like you to take it out. And I want you to take a look at your title. And just scratch out your title and write down this title, Problem Solver. Because everybody, I think, particularly if you're in business or an entrepreneur, you are really a problem solver. So your job is to figure out how to help that person get better at whatever they need. Now, the other piece of that is you also want to figuring out what kind of style is that person and what's the best way for me to help that person by picking the right communication tool or the right style. And understanding the different styles and understanding the left hemisphere, the right hemisphere of the brain. And, you know, as I tell audiences, uh, CPA audiences, when you're dealing with those who are sit on the right side of the brain, uh, the right hemisphere of the brain, uh, don't confuse them with facts because that's the last thing they really want to see is facts. And then I tell those who sit on the right, when you're talking to the left side, just as you said, you've got to give them points, bullet points, detail, spreadsheet, things like that, uh, in order to get them to have action on what you're trying to communicate. Right. So again, we could spend a lot of time on the personality styles and that's the P step, but I'm just going to give our listeners today a couple quick tips. So as you know, as a coach, I like to coach people. So if you happen to be an extrovert today, you know, somebody who's very outgoing, you like to speak before you think, I'm going to give you just a two word little tip. I'd like you to jot it down. If you're an extrovert, here's your two words. Be quiet. <laughs> I, if I was not so nice, I'd say shut up, but I'm going to be nice and say be quiet. Because extroverts talk too much, Peter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And luckily today it's all about us, so we could talk a lot. That's okay. Because <laughs> uh, I know we're both extroverts to some degree. And if you happen to be an introvert, you know, the person is a little quieter. You tend to think before you speak. I'm going to give you two words. Speak up. Because introverts, you tend to wait a little too long before you say something. And so, again, just a simple little tool 
If you take nothing else away from our podcast today, just remember, if you're an extrovert, be quiet. If you're an introvert, speak up. But those are just some things you want to think about yourself, too. So when you're looking at the person, it's not just about the other person. It's about you and what can you do to be effective when you're communicating with other people. Perfect. Love it. So that's the phase one, right? Quickly planning. What's my intention? What am I going to say to achieve the intention? How am I going to adjust it to make sure it fits this person I'm communicating with? The second half of the model is the ACT or the activate. So how do you bring this message to life? You're still kind of planning it. I'm not really communicating yet. I'm still thinking about communicating. So the activate is basically how do I engage people? You hear a lot today about engagement. I mean, I'm sure that's something that comes up quite a bit, Peter, with your clients in terms of engaging the customer. Bingo. So I think it's important to uh, think about engaging people both physically and mentally and emotionally. So there are three ways I like you to think about engaging people, right? Because uh, everybody wants to be a part of the problem or solution. So a lot of folks give a lot of lip service to engagement, but I'm not sure they really do it. Okay. So give me an example of how, how when you talk about engagement, what's the first thing you come when I say engagement, what comes to your mind? Asking questions. Okay, exactly. That's one way to engage people. Now, if you notice, Peter, I just modeled for you how I was engaging you because I brought you into the conversation. Bingo. Yeah. Uh, And so, again, if you're an extrovert, you're going to be careful that you don't do all the talking. If you're an introvert, you got to be careful you don't let them do all the talking. So you want to be engaged. Go back to your personality style. But when it comes to today's listeners, I think most people today are just very impatient. Uh, nobody wants to be lectured to. Nobody wants to just sit there and have someone talk to them. So I got a little rule of thumb. Every three to five minutes, you want to be engaging the receiver in some way, physically, mentally, or emotionally. Every three to five minutes. So you do that in a lot of different ways, right? You do that by asking questions. You do that by nonverbally. You know, on the phone, it's great to be doing a little bit of the, uh-huh. Hmm. Oh, okay. Wow. That's engaging them because they know you're still there. Uh, stories are a great way to engage your customers. I tell all my coaching clients in the business development, I think we talk about this also, Peter, you need to have some success stories so that you can share what's been working. So when a customer talks about, well, I'm kind of curious if you work with anybody in healthcare, you know, funny you should ask, you know, we just had a client last week we we're talking with about, and you tell a mini two-minute success story. That's another way to engage people. So activating the message is really critical. So as you're thinking about creating this great impact, um, you know, you want to make sure that you're thinking about how do you engage those folks? Uh, Can I ask a question? Yes. Because you've engaged me in this conversation. And in order to have that engagement, uh, that that two-way communication, so I'm going to bring a little bit of improv in here because in improv, I think one of the key components of it is listening to understand versus listening to respond and being, I guess, if we went old school, what we used to call active listening. Yes. Uh, I think that's a big part of that engagement because, one, you know you're having a dialogue. And two, you know that you're having this uh, uh, conversation that you're present into and you're not being distracted or you're not bringing your agenda and forcing it on somebody. I I think that's a big piece of this communication model uh, as it relates to activate. Um, Is is that correct or am I off base here? No, you're right on target. And and again, you want to be engaged yourself and you also want to make sure you keep that other person engaged. And people, as you know, Peter, we think about listening. We usually think about listening to what they're saying obviously, but you also want to listen to what they're doing. 
and what they're not saying and how they're saying it. Because all of those come together. You know, like, as you always know, there are three parts to your message, your words, your voice, and your nonverbal. And, and a lot of people think that, you know, words are really critical. Uh, I, I have, a, I call the Donatio theory of communication. And I basically came up with this theory that I don't know what the studies show. And there's been a lot of studies out there. You probably heard about the Moravian study, you know, 73855. Well, that's not really applicable to regular communication. So I came up with the Donatio rule of thirds. I said, let's just be really good. Your CPA clients will love this. Let's just take 100% of the message and divide it in thirds. And so you got 33 and a third for words, 33 and a third for voice, 33 and a third for nonverbal. If, if you just did that, right? I don't have any research, but if you just did it simply, well, think about it. You only have a third of your message as the words then. Most studies show it's less than that, but I'll just say it's a third. But how many times when we're looking at communicating do we focus on the words when only a third of your message is going to be the words? Right. So it's much more visual. Yes. So when you're communicating, again, thinking about you know, your facial expressions, your nonverbal. Uh, good morning. <laughs> good morning. Morning. Yeah. You just say that, just change the tone. You know, uh, and so many people are like, you ever call up uh, somebody on the phone and you're like, oh, did I wake you? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's two in the afternoon because they just don't have any energy. Right. And that is a part of your brand. So when you're engaging others, you want to make sure you engage them uh, both physically, mentally, and emotionally. And every time I, I, I have this conversation, hear this conversation like that, it takes me to a State Farm commercials where they have the words and they have it in one scenario and then they do it again in the complete opposite. Like the girl gets the car for the first time. Yes, I love that commercial. Yeah, and then you know the guy walks out and his car has been, been stripped apart and they use, they're using the same words but in a different context. And I, I just I think that's brilliant. Yeah, I love it. That's a great commercial. I, I hope if you haven't seen it, just Google that. That's a really good example of just changing the words and changing the message. So you want to activate the, you know, the receiver, you want to ask good questions, you want to tell stories. Um, you know, if, if you happen to be in the financial services arena, you know, graphs are a great way to engage people. Sometimes a picture's worth a thousand words, right? I hate to be cliche-ish, but that's also a way to engage people, visually getting them to see that. But don't overwhelm them like you see with some of these folks who have PowerPoint slides and they say, now, I know you can't read this. And I'm thinking, then why are you putting it up there? Bingo. Yeah. So, you know, just be mindful that you want to every three to five minutes, making sure you're engaging that other person in the conversation. That's why it's called a conversation, right? Right. It's to get two people communicating. So that's the activate part. You got an intention. You crafted the message to reach the intention. You've adapted to the person. Now, how do you make sure that you engage people in the process? That's the activate. Then the C is how do you clarify, right? Because a lot of times what you think they received isn't exactly what they got. So there's a thing called selective perception. You've heard of selective perception? Uh, I'm going to have to say no. It doesn't ring a bell. Yeah. Well, selective perception is where the meaning of the message comes from the receiver, not the sender. So you selectively perceive what you want to hear. So if I happen to say dog, what, what, what comes to your mind, Peter, when I say dog? Labrador. Okay. Well, I will, actually, I'm hungry. It's time for lunch. I'm thinking about <laughs> Okay. You know, so, but the point is, I say the word dog, who puts the meaning to the message? The receiver. Right. So when we're communicating so many times, we forget that we really don't have that much control. Really, the person that controls the, the message meaning is the receiver. 
So you can't make an assumption just because I've done a great job communicating that that person got exactly what I wanted them to get. So, so if I said the word bank, what do you think of? Money. I think I'm going down to the river and fishing <laughs> off the bank. <laughs> well, that's because you're a CPA. You don't care about money. <laughs> Bada boom. <laughs> hey. hey. <laughs> yeah. No, but see, that, so a lot of times, again, just want to check for understanding. You want to just ask a different kind of question. You know, you might ask what I call like a couple quick tips. One would be what I call restate. So if somebody says bank, you might say, do you mean a, a, a bank on the corner of Broad and High? No, no, I'm talking about fishing. You know, have you ever been out to the fishing, the bank? So you say back to them what they said and you ask and make sure it's the same thing. If, if I said to you, Peter, we're going to start having bi-weekly podcasts, how often would we be meeting? Every two weeks. Yes. I looked it up. Bi-weekly means twice a week or every two weeks. It means both. It depends on how you use it. So I'm here twice this week. You don't show up. I'm all ticked off because where's Peter? He said we're going to do bi-weekly podcasts. Again, the meaning of the message comes from the receiver. Don't just assume because I said it, you know, bi-weekly, we both get it. Great example. Great example. And yeah, I mean, that's the big challenge again with email because you know what? When you send an email, there's nobody there to clarify. Now, if you have a conversation and you say bank and I say this and you say that, you go, oh no, if you sent me an email and said, let's meet at the bank, I'm going to the bank and you're going to the bank. We're going to two different banks. Right. So email, be, be very careful when you're using email to remember that even though you think you communicated effectively, there's a good chance they didn't get what you thought they were going to get. Uh, I'll give you like a couple... In the workshop, I always share somebody's classified advertisements where people write things. And I say, now, is this what they really meant? And here's one I have here. Here's an ad, right? Man wanted to work in a dynamite factory. Must be willing to travel. <laughs> so I'm thinking, that sounds like a dangerous job to me because you get blown up and you know, you're know you in Ohio. And then next thing you know, you're over in Parkersburg because you got blown over there. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Or here's another ad, right? Dog for sale, eats anything, and is fond of children. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so anytime you send something out in a linear way, like an email or an ad, be mindful that the meaning of the message comes from the receiver. You may not necessarily be sending the same message that you think they're getting. Got it. Then the last one, and I'll wrap this up quickly with the T. As I said before, you know, I, I pretty much stopped there. Like, well, you know, if we both get it, we should be done, right? Then I realized that so many people think communicating is an event because if we're done, it's over. It's an event. But, but again, going back to processes, see, communicating is a process. So many times it's not over just because we both got the same message. If you and I had an intention today that you, that I wanted you to become my next client, just because you liked me and we both agreed that we might want to work together, that doesn't mean we're done. We're not done until either A, you sign a, you know, agreement with me or B, you tell me you don't want to be a customer. So I realized that I needed to add the T-step in there. And that is transform. How do you transform this interaction or these words into the results we set for ourselves? And there are two types of transformations. There's an internal transformation and an external transformation. And again, for the most part, I always thought about external transformations, right? A deadline, set another appointment. You know, those are the kind of things that we all talk about to be more efficient about making sure things happen. Okay. So when I say internal transformation, what do you think I mean by that, Peter? Beliefs? Yes. Oh, you are so good. You must have had a great coach. I did. <laughs> you know, but I think a lot of times we don't think about what's getting in the way of this person actually becoming a customer. Right. 
Is it something that they believe about me or my service? And so many times I think we don't explore that a little bit. So the internal transformation is how do I understand what they're thinking or what they think about? And then how do I shift that if it's not the way I think that they might perceive me? You know, we all have a brand, right? You, you kind of, at the beginning of the podcast, kind of gave me my brand. You say, oh, you know, I think of you as being such a, you know, kind and helpful. That's my brand. You know, whether I plan it or not, that's my brand. And so many times we have brands in our customers' mind that may not be the brand, you know, that's valuable. I don't know if any of you are listening, but if you happen to offer more than one service, sometimes your customer only sees you as one service provider. Like a lot of my customers only think of me as a coach because I only do coaching for them. And I have to kind of transform their process of how they think of me because I am a coach and I'm a speaker and I'm a trainer and now I'm an author. So I've got to kind of help shift the way they see me. And that's also part of that transformation is that if I don't get to, to get them to see me differently, they're never going to want to hire me as a speaker because all they think of me as a coach. Right. So that's the impact process. You know, it's, it's a very complicated but very simple thing. I mean, anybody could be a good communicator. Um, it's very simple to do, but sometimes hard to master. But you said there were two pieces in that transformation. Internal transformation and external transformation. And, and, and what's that external piece? Well, the external piece is what most of us think about. So after the end of our meeting, hey, Peter, it's okay if I call you next week and see if you um, can get me more details about what you think about the proposal I give you. So, so the external is what's happening to move that conversation along. The internal is what's happening inside that person that may be getting in the way. So they may come back next week and say, yeah, I've looked at it. I need a little more time. And the internal transformation is, well, I wonder why they need more time. You know why? Because I haven't done a good job of showing them the value. So they believe that there's not enough value there. That's why they need more time. See, but if I keep thinking, well, okay, then I'll call you in two more weeks. I keep going external. I'll call you in two more weeks. You talk about it and get back to me. I'm never going to make the shift because it's not about the external. It's the internal part. So we need to be thinking about what's getting in the way of people moving towards action. Okay. So I want to explore this for a second. So in essence, I'm saying this is, is perception is reality in the person's mind, Yes, whether it be right or wrong. And we need, so if, if I'm trying to get you to be a client and you already have this perception that might not be real, there's going to be that, that hesitation there. How, how does one change that perception into the the new reality or what it really is. Like you were saying that people think you as a, of, as a coach, but if you came to an organization and said, Hey, I could do a keynote, I could speak, but, but Patrick, I only, I only hear you as a coach. See, how do you change that? Well, let's do a little bit broader. For example, if somebody believes that I'm priced too high, that's an easier exp- example. I think for a lot of our listeners, okay, your price is too high. Well, they may not come out and tell me that. And so they keep thinking the price is too high. Well, then I want to shift that. So that's a belief they have, right? Well, one of the ways to change a belief, first of all, is you need to be aware of what the beliefs are. So you got to make sure you're asking good questions to kind of figure out what's getting in the way. But if somebody said, now your price is too high, my response might be compared to what? Right. And they might say, well, compared to XYZ company. or So then I'm starting to figure out, oh, I see. So they think that what I offer is the same as XYZ company. So I haven't done a good enough job explaining the value. So if you want to change people's beliefs, first of all, you need to find out if what their beliefs are. And then you can change beliefs sometimes with more information. You can change beliefs sometimes with you know a story or an example that could shift the way they might see something. 
Uh, you can change beliefs by asking the person not to not for for not you to change them, but for them to change themselves by asking them questions to get them to start thinking differently. Does that does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. It makes me think of a guy by the name of Dan Swarthout, who's a he's based out here in Columbus, Ohio. I, I interviewed him earlier my earlier podcast, and he's he's a comedian, and he was doing some corporate event or proposing some corporate event, and the person he was proposing to said, "You went that much for an hour." And his response was classic. He goes, no, I want that much for the last 25 years. Right. Plus that hour and changing that belief. Yes. So again, people believe, oh my gosh, you get that much for the hour. And well, I always remind my clients because what I do now, Peter, when I send out my my proposal, I just don't tell them how much it is. There are 10 bullets that tell them all the things that I do for that investment. See, I don't even call it a fee. Because a fee gives them a belief that they're paying something. I call it an investment. You see, I'm already changing the belief by the language that I use. So here's the investment for my time with you. And here are the 10 things that that includes. So now they know there's a lot that's going on for that investment. That's an example of transformation. And I use that one all the time, especially when I'm working with CPAs and stuff. Get rid of the word cost. Yes. Where will this investment take this company? Where will this investment take my career? Where will this investment? Uh, and to that point, I, I, it's 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 a it's a much broader way of communicating, and it's what's in it for them, right? And now, as even though I, I've kind of give you this process impact in an order, you don't have to do it in this order. You know, you you can start out with thinking about their beliefs. You know, you can shift in a different way. But I wanted to give people at least a, a little tool to memorize uh, the process. So now when you hear the word impact, I'm hoping, Peter, you will know the six keys and it's easy to remember. I most certainly will. I'll begin to commit them to memory. But I, I, but when I hear the word impact nowadays, I think of, it's you, Patrick Tadadio, and the book that took only eight years to write. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? I don't even call it a book. I call it a leader's guide. You know, because it's really not a book. You know what? It's almost like a workshop in a book. And I really wrote it in a way that somebody would keep it on their desk and they're going to have to have a big, a big proposal meeting tomorrow. They'd walk through the book very quickly and take a look at the P chapter and think about different personalities. Or they go, you know what? I got to work on questions. They go to the clarify chapter and take a look at some different things they can do to be better at clarifying. So it's really a guide as opposed to your average book. It's just packed full of great resources. And I wrote a book that I would want to buy. I'm not a kind of story novel kind of guy. I'm the person that let's get to work. I got stuff to do. So how can people find your book? Well, it's easy to find the book. It's actually at my website, patrickdonadio.com. That's D-O-N-A-D-I-O.com. And the book is up there on the site underneath the uh, store. Uh, it's available. Right now, I don't have it on Amazon. It may be there eventually, but mostly what I'm doing with my book is trying to just offer it to my clients. It's not a book for the world. It's just a book for my clients who want to go deeper or potential clients like maybe your listeners. Okay. And, and I think it'd be, um, for my listeners, I think it'd be a great resource as they begin to cha- try to change that or transform into more of an impact communicator uh, that it, um, I mean, I, I, I'll be honest with you, Patrick, the, the tips that you gave, today or have given today uh, are, are priceless. I mean, I, I, I one, I appreciate you giving away so much information here and, and tips to, to, to help the audience become better communicators and communicating with, with impact. And, and just alone, this takes them to a, a, another level. I think by actually 
reading your book, doing the things that are in your book will take them to a completely whole new level that might start blowing people's socks away. Yeah. Well, I want people to be successful and to be happier and to get more clients and find more time to go to the bank and go do some fishing. <laughs> I, so, uh, <laughs> I knew you were going to do that. <laughs> That's the callback technique, right, Peter? Exactly. Ba-boom. Yeah. 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 No, really, it's been great talking about the process. And I, I hope if you're listening today, you know, think about of the six keys, what's the one that you want to work on the most? You know, maybe you're good at crafting the message and you're pretty good at adapting to different people. But you know what? I forget to take that 30 seconds and ask myself, why am I having this conversation? Or I forget about the transformation internally because a lot of times I don't think about what people perceive or believe about me. And I need to shift that because that's the only way that they're going to want to come on board and hire me. So if you if you listen to the six keys, which is the one that stands out the most for you to work on? I hope that's what you're going to take away from our call today. Uh, I, I think they will. And I think the one that of all of these, and because it's improv, and and I think it's extremely important, is that listening one. What'd uh, you say? Uh, excuse me? You, you said what, <laughs> sir? Uh, uh, is, is the ability to be an active listener, or as I call it, in, in, we call it an improv, that, that listening to understand. So, uh, Patrick, would you play a little improv game with me real quick? Sure. It's is a, there a prize? Uh, yes, there is. Okay. Uh, the, the winner gets a copy of your book. Okay, I love it. <laughs> and, and this the game we're going to play is called Last Word Spoken. Uh, and, and the essence around this is someone will say a sentence, and when they end that sentence, the last word that is spoken becomes the first word in their next sentence. Okay. Okay. I'm glad you enjoyed uh, playing this game. Game, to me, is something that is exciting, particularly when I win. Win. That's all I do is win, 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 no matter what. What are you thinking about rapping in this particular venue? I think you should keep your day job. Job? I love my day job. And you're right. I I should not be rapping. Rapping to me is more, when it comes to rapping, I'm better at gifts probably than I am with singing the rap song. Now, I can do a mean Frank Sinatra. Sinatra? I would like to hear you sing some Frank Sinatra. All right. Well, there's a charge for that, Peter. <laughs> Peter says it's time to end this game. <laughs> I love it. So it's a fun game to play, but it really helps in reinforcing that thought that we need to listen to the entire sentence because many of us, if not all of us, when someone's talking, we're two or three, four steps ahead. And by being two or three, four steps ahead, we're not really listening and we're we have we're not that focused we're distracted and, and we could miss something yes and, and those who are active listeners actually park their agenda whatever they, they came to the table with and, and listen to understand and ask questions and pursue and the only way you can do that is to be completely focused on the conversation and listen to the last word spoken yes and you know what it's always interesting to me peter when i'm out there training or speaking particularly on this subject i always ask the audience how many of you had listening skills training you know, usually it's like less than 15% of the folks raise their hands. Isn't it amazing? One of the most important skills we use every day. We've never had a, a class or a workshop on listening. So I agree with you 100%. If you're listening today, you know, take some time to learn this skill. And it's a tough skill. I'll tell you why. Because your brain operates at a different speed than your mouth. And studies show this, right? You know the results. Yes. That we can think three times faster than we can speak. And it's really hard to be an active listener because our brain's just jumping around on a bunch of different things. And that's why this game is tough. You really have to 
focus and hone in and listen for that last word as well as think of what you want to say next. And sometimes you're thinking about what you want to say next and you don't hear that last word and it's not working. That's why you can't win the game. I, I think the one training class probably everybody has undertaken and it was at a, when we were children. What did your mother used to tell you? God gave you two ears and one mouth for a reason. Well, my mother always said, don't take two meatballs because you got to make sure everybody else gets one. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, and you are you are very active on social media and on Facebook. And I, I love it when you're at your mother's house and you're you're live streaming her and her meatballs. And, 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 and at the September NSA meeting, I would love for you to bring some of those meatballs to the meeting. Yeah. No, but you're right, Peter. You know, I think it's really cool, though. Some of the advice we get is so simple. You know what? We all need to go back to the basics. It's the kind of things that have been around forever. Universal truths, I call them. You know, we're learning about the latest and greatest techniques, and we forget about the simple things. And that's kind of what this process is. It's very simple. Go back to the simple things, and you'd be surprised the kind of impact you'll make. And with that, we'll leave on the impact word. And uh, Patrick, I can't thank you enough for spending time with me. I, I've I always learn when I'm in your presence, and I, I appreciate that. And uh, my audience, uh, please go out. I'll put the. Uh, I'll be in the show notes. His website, how you can get to it. Go out and explore, but become better communicators and have an impact in every one of those communications. Patrick, thank you so very much. Peter, my pleasure, my friend, and good luck to you. And enjoyed the podcast. Thank you for having me. Anytime. I would like to thank Patrick again for being a guest today and sharing key points on his book, Communicating with Impact. Remember to think about the six steps of impact and which of the six is your weakness and begin to start working on that today. Patrick has given me a PDF to put in the show notes to help you remember these six steps in impact. Listen, learn, and earn. I have partnered with the Maryland Association of CPAs and the Business Learning Institute to bring an exciting new learning opportunity for accounting professionals to earn CPE credits. You can earn up to one CPE credit for each completed podcast episode purchased for only $29 through the Maryland Association of CPAs and the Business Learning Institute self-study website. The podcast episodes are mobile-friendly. Open your browser on your smartphone, tablet, or computer, go to the MACPA BLI self-study account, and listen to an episode. Take the review and final exam while you're working out or after listening to an episode on your commute to and from work. It's that easy. While all selected Improv No Joke podcasts are available on my website, only those purchased through the MACPA BLI self-study website are eligible for CPE credit. You can get detailed instructions by visiting my website at petermargaritas.com and clicking on the graphic Improv is No Joke for CPE on my homepage. I hope you enjoy this exciting and flexible new way of earning CPE credit. Remember, you can subscribe to my podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. If you'd like to purchase a personalized signed copy of my book, Improv is No Joke, use the improvisation to create positive results in leadership and life for $14.99 and the shipping's free, please go to my website and you'll see the available now on my homepage. Just click and go to the shopping cart. In addition, you can now download Improv is No Joke audiobook for $10. 
You can follow me on social media. You can find me on Facebook by searching The Accidental Accountant. On Twitter, my Twitter handle is at pmargaritas. Connect with me on LinkedIn by searching my name and on Instagram by searching pmargaritas. In episode 59, I interview Allison Esta, who's a former creative services associate at the Indiana Society of CPAs. However, she's also studied improv for eight years at Second City in Chicago, and I'm so looking forward to this interview. Thank you again for listening, and remember to use the principles of improvisation along with communicating with impact to help you become a stronger leader. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.